Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, here with me today as we begin our 2022-23 season preview. Uh, Justin, welcome to, well, basically welcome to September. It's August 31st, but but we're about to be there. This is like Christmas Eve, but September Eve? Dude, let me just say that um, I've already come across like pictures of Costco and all these stores putting out all their Halloween decorations already. Ooh, yeah. And Costco had like, their Halloween. Yeah, it was there yesterday. They had their Halloween decorations out for sure. Um, nothing for kids though. And that's who I want, like my kid who's two. Uh, and that's who I want to buy a costume for. I don't want to buy myself <laughs> a costume anymore. I'm, I'm over that. Um, I also have a bevy of costumes to wear that I've bought over the years. So if I do need a costume, I've got it. I'm good. I'll be, uh, oh, what's the, shoot, dang it, can't remember the guy's name from Game of Thrones, uh, the the guy with the big red beard. Oh, it's going to bother me. But, yeah, I don't know. I never watched Game of Thrones. You can chastise oh, me for that later. I won't chastise you. Uh, Tormund Giantsbane is his name. Uh, and if you look up Tormund, T-O-R-U-M-U-N-D, uh, you can see a slight resemblance to myself. Like, I mean, he's just like a big dude with a big red beard. So, uh, if I also, you know, I also have a big red beard that I shaved oh, off two days ago. Uh, but anyways, you shaved it off. Oh my gosh. I okay. did. I did. I shaved it off in front of Esme, my, my two year old daughter. <laughs> and, uh, I was doing it in front of her so that she wouldn't get upset you know like you see all these stories about like oh the dad shaves and then the kid doesn't like them for like a week because they don't know who they are kind of vibe right so i did it in front of her i explained what i was gonna do hey i'm gonna shave like you know like she watches the dogs get uh get groomed and like clippers on the dogs we have a couple bichons uh so she knows she knows what it does so i did like a strip of the beard you know i shaved it and i look her in the eye and she was like what in God's name did you just do to yourself? <laughs> and uh, and I was like, well, hold on, hold on. And then I just quick did like a quick buzz, you know, without really getting like all the little patches, but like a quick buzz to get it nice and short and turned around. And she was like, mama. <laughs> <laughs> she jumped out. She was in the bathtub. because I was in the bathroom. And uh, she jumped out of the bathtub and ran to my wife. And, oh, that's so uh, great. And just held onto her leg. And then and just kept saying, uh, "Dad's beard off, Dad's beard beard off." <laughs> so since then, now she comes up to me and says, "Beard off?" I said, "Yes, the beard is off. It's in the garbage." Going to call you beard off now. Beard off, beard <laughs> off, Paul. There we go. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my fun story. Anyways, I was tormented for Halloween a couple times, and so I have the whole costume. So it's pretty fun. Uh, that's great. But yeah, so we're going to start with the Metro Division on to hockey. You know, uh, why we're all here. We're going to start with the Metro Division. Uh, likely, each of these divisions, we're going to do at least two parts uh, for all of them because we don't want to have to feel like we have to limit the time for each team. Uh, we want to take as much time as we want. So uh, we're going to preview every team, go through their signings, uh, go through any you know, any, may, potentially any draft picks that they made that will make the team either from the 2022 draft or, or previous. Uh, and then we'll kind of give, we, we decided not to give predictions at this point, partially because I mean, we, we just don't, uh, it's, it's so hard to give a prediction. We will do a, like a purely prediction show, but for a preview, I think it's better that we use the system that we kind of came up with. And that's uh, kind of figuring out team ceiling in their basement or their floor and uh, not not we're not trying to go. Oh well, what's every team's potential worst case scenario? Because a worst case scenario is well, everyone is injured all year long and you miss the playoffs. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning missed the playoffs, and what was it like 2015 or something like that when they missed the playoffs after going to the conference finals, and everyone's like, "What the heck happened?" And they it's because they had horrible injuries all year. And uh, it was just one of those crazy things that happens every now and then that a contending team misses the playoffs because they're so hurt. Oh, wait, the Golden Knights last year. <laughs> the Golden Knights absolutely missed the playoffs last year because of injuries. So uh, we're not going 
we're not going to try and predict what team's going to have all the injuries this year. Uh, but we're, we're just going to do a general floor and ceiling uh, how we feel about these teams. Does that sound about right, Justin? Anything else to add there? No, I, I like all the words and punctuations you made. Mm-hmm. Enunciations? I didn't really have punctu- punctuation in speech. Enunciation, right? sorry, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> I, exclamation, exclamation point. Uh, okay, so we are starting with the Washington Capitals. Uh, what are what, before we really jump into the nitty gritty? What is your feeling about the Capitals coming into this season? Old. That's my feeling about Washington. Mm-hmm. Is just old. I mean, really, you look at their blue line. There is not not a guy under thirty years old on that back end who's going to probably be a, a starter or top six guy for them, right? And their forward group, we know Ovechkin, he's up there in age, but he can still bring it. Uh, Backstrom, right? He's got the injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out for the, the year, maybe, potentially. And he's Sounds a little like old. It. So, so, yeah, what what kind of guy are you going to get, you know, at his age? Um, you know, and again, the rest of the core, Mantha, Oshie, Kuznetsov, they're all, they're all pushing 30-plus. So, um, yeah, Lars Eller, I mean, 33 there. I mean, so that's that's my feeling on this team right off the get-go is, it's just old. <laughs> is it fair to maybe suggest like one final hurrah for this group? Is this like the final? Hur- not not that Ovechkin's going to retire. Um, again, we don't. I I guess we don't completely. We haven't you know written the book on on Backstrom and whether or not he's not going to play at all. But it sure it seems like there's a good chance that he might not play at all this year. Um, but you know what? They go out and they get Darcy Kemper. So to me, that says they still think they can win. And I, I mean, that's this is this is probably it. I mean, you've got a. They went out. They get Connor Brown, who's a UFA after this year. You've got Dylan Strom, who he's an RFA, but you signed him. Uh, they kind of did their best to retool here, and they're in my mind, they're saying let's like let's go for it. We only have maybe one or two years left at this thing. Uh, it's pretty clear to me that this is like a last ditch effort at another cup or some nice, exciting run for the fans. Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty fair to say. I mean, really this team could, I mean, could shock some people, right? I mean, obviously, you know, we, we haven't really seen a full season of, of a healthy Mantha on this team. So he could potentially come back healthy this year and, and really surprise a lot of people. And, you know, one of those guys you just mentioned, mentioned Dylan Strom. He's somebody else who I think could take take advantage of an opportunity of Backstrom being out and get getting to play some, you know, first or second line minutes here with some really talented wingers, and he could he could cash in or potentially just surprise a lot of people. And so, um, you know, as far as the last hurrah, I still think their window is you know another year or two. So uh, maybe they're not quite at that point. And I think you know, like a playoff we, window. Sure. Do we do we yeah. think their okay. Stanley Cup? <laughs> Like their window to win a Stanley Cup is likely over, uh, barring oh. barring some some big move, bringing in another player. Like with this group, I I just don't see it. This group can't get out of the first round anymore. Uh, they're kind of like Pittsburgh in the sense, you know, you're looking at them, you're like, yeah, cool, you brought back. So, sorry to jump ahead, but you bring back Crosby and and Malkin and uh, Latang, and you go, yeah, I mean that's great. They're still they're they're still going to be good. Uh, they could win around, but they haven't won around. You know, Washington hasn't won around since they won the cup, right? And Pittsburgh hasn't won won around since they won the cup. So it's kind of it's it, you're in this limbo. Like, sure, the Capitals could win the cup. You know, there's there's a lot of things that would have to go right. They could win the cup, I suppose. Uh, Kemper stands on his head. They get better goaltending than they even got in the playoffs when they won the cup in 2018. Uh, John Carlson wins the Norris. Ovechkin wins the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy again. Kuznetsov is a hundred point player. You know, there's all sorts of things that could happen, but will they? You know, where what do we see the uh, where this team sits? Uh, I guess maybe some of this we should provide some context and just kind of. Um, 
go back into the off season of what the Washington Capitals have really done. Uh, kind of kind of talk about each of these moves. I, I know we, you know, as guys signed and whatnot during the offseason, we talked about them. Uh, but there are so many, it's hard to talk about all of them, right? Like all the, at least all the impact ones. Um, what, what do you think of their, the goaltending situation there? Like, what are we feeling with Darcy Kemper stepping in after a cup win with the abs? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, really that was Washington going into this off season was a clear cut. Like we need a starting goaltender team, right? If there was ever a team, you know, maybe besides Edmonton, I think Washington, those two teams were really the, the two teams that needed a, a starting caliber goalie more than anybody, right? Samsonov really wasn't getting it, getting it done. And, you know, yes, he's still young enough where he could, you know, potentially rebound and stuff. And there was all that potential he had, but it just wasn't really working out, right? So you bring in somebody else who's got the proven, uh, you know, winability here. I mean, he, he, he wasn't the reason Colorado, you know, won the cup, but, you know, he, he had a, he played a very large role in that and was very successful when he was healthy. He was in fine. Colorado. He was fine. Yeah. yeah. That's what Colorado needed. They didn't want to spend all the money on a goalie because the rest of their team was so freaking good. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, look, Darcy Kemper is going to get a lot of goal support. I feel right. Washington was number 10 in goals for last season. And I think, you know, assuming Ovechkin doesn't really slow down much, if anything at all, I still think he's, you know, capable of scoring 50 goals. So, you know, with, with that kind of goal support on this team and, uh, you know, a healthy Mantha for the entire season and maybe Dylan Strom gets, you know, gets his act together and, you know, really fills in nicely for Backstrom, this goaltending situation is only better, in my opinion, than where they were last year. So with Darcy Kemper getting the starters load and, you know, Charlie Lindgren probably getting 25, maybe 30 games, I think they're they're well-positioned to to be better in those goals against categories right and um you know i i mean long story short they can't do any worse than they did last year well they can miss the playoffs well sure <laughs> that, that i mean be... as far as goaltending is concerned right I oh, don't think oh they can okay do yes worse. i'm sorry yes you're yeah. right yeah it last year was a disaster and uh it doesn't help when you're when you just can't find anyone that fits it's you know in my mind it's not even necessarily that their their goalies were so bad it was that they just had they did not have the goaltenders that fit the way that they wanted to play uh and so i i I think kemper coming in provides a little more stability um but he's he's also not that he's gonna he's going kemper is going to be positionally sound you know like he's not trying to do anything crazy he's going to provide a lot of uh, like calming a lot of nerves uh, on the back end, you remember Washington had a lot of injuries on the back end last year too. So uh, you had younger guys coming in and trying to fill in. Uh, I just think that he he lowers that level of like, shoot, we can't let anyone get past this to our goalies kind of vibe. <laughs> so I, I think there's that. I also, I mean, I love the Dylan Strom signing. I mean, it didn't cost them anything because uh, Chicago didn't didn't match him, which blew my mind. Uh, but Dylan Strom coming in at least, I mean, over the course of an 82-game season, he was almost a 60-point player last year. He had a really nice season. Uh, he's he's a good, productive player. He's going to score you at least 20 goals. I, I think he is. Uh, if I mean, if he's playing with Ovechkin, is he going to play? He's not going to score thirty goals, but maybe playing down in that lineup. I mean, there's a chance that he could uh, find his way to scoring uh, twenty five, thirty goals. Uh, and then Connor Brown, man, he's just the kind of guy that if you see your team trades for Connor Brown, uh, it's it's going to make you excited because he could play on your first line, he could play on your third line, and he will produce no matter where he is. I mean, he's not a, he's not a monster goal scorer per se, but he's going to put up points. He's, he's reliable defensively and he's going to score some big goals for you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's 21 goals in uh, two, just two years ago in only 56 games. So he's not that far removed from having a really nice season. Uh, I, I love the Connor Brown trade. Uh, I think that that's a that's that's something that when Tom Wilson went down, that Washington missed a lot. And I think well, Connor Brown doesn't provide that like 
necessarily that physical edge kind of plays that same role can move up and down the lineup and can can kill penalties and uh, and do all sorts of intangible things that uh, maybe some other guys can't so i think they are better positioned in the forward group to maybe sustain some some players not playing all 82 games and in particular ovechkin like maybe he's you know uh, do you want to play Alexander Ovechkin 82 games, even if he is healthy? That's a question you're going to have to start asking yourself down the stretch. I mean, he played 77 last year, um, only 45 the year before. Like, there, there definitely are legitimate reasons to to wonder. Hey, maybe we should be pulling this guy back and have him only play, you know, 72 games or uh, something along those lines, just to give him breaks throughout the season. Because you desperately need him to score more than one goal in the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> there you go. You want to you want to know why Washington ultimately could not get past Carolina? Uh, was it Carolina that they played? Yeah, it was no, it was the Rangers, right? Uh, no, Rangers played Pittsburgh in the first round. Oh, that's right. Who did they play yes. in the first round? It was was it Carolina? It was Carolina. Yeah. Okay. All right. I knew I wasn't going crazy. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, I know they pushed it to six games, but. Uh, if you're only scoring one goal from your guy who scored fifty, uh, you're probably not you're probably not looking at a, a series that you're going to win, and that was exactly the case. So uh, they definitely need him to be fresh for the playoffs, assuming that they make it there. Uh, yeah. Any anything else that the Capitals have done did in the off season that uh, uh, that you liked that you didn't like, or maybe that they didn't do that you wish they they had. Yeah, when you when you say didn't do, I I was expecting them to make try to make a splash anyways and, and acquire a a nice middle pairing defenseman, right? I mean, they went out and they they got uh, Matt Irwin and Eric Gustafson, but to me that's that's just not enough because listen, I, it, John Carlson, right? We know he's top two, uh, you know, uh, defenseman kind of guy, right? He's going to be on your top pair, and Nick Jensen's going to be that other, you know, number four defenseman on your right side there, and so. To me, I would have liked to have seen them find somebody else who can really play top minutes and produce a little bit, right, um, from the back end. Because really, I mean, yes, Darcy Kemper is going to stop a lot more pucks for you, so you don't have to worry as much about pinching anymore. So, you know, you've got that stability back there. So if you could find a defenseman that maybe can produce a little bit, um, you know, maybe they could have gone out and, you know, maybe they could sign a guy like P.K. Subban, right, or maybe uh, uh, a Justin Schultz or somebody else who maybe has some, you know, versatility, but – uh, and ability to play top line minutes, but also come in a little bit cheaper because we know this team is a little bit up against the cap. So, uh, you know, obviously once, you know, Backstrom and Wilson's money goes on IR for a long time here, that, that might free up some money. But in the meantime, um, you know, for me, I think the one thing they just missed was not acquiring a, a solid number two, number three defenseman for this group. Yeah. And, you know, this, this, past year there were uh, some decent def- defensemen available uh, they kind of all got a lot of them got signed before they even went to market but uh, obviously John Klingberg is a UFA at the end of the year uh, I I would think there's a small chance you know if Anaheim's not in the playoff picture I would think that there's a chance that he could get moved um, but I mean other than that I mean you look at who is a free agent going into next year, a UFA on the defensive side for teams that are out of the playoffs. I mean, you're looking like uh, Justin Hall. I mean, not that the Leafs aren't going to make the playoffs, but there's a defenseman who's available UFA at the end of the year. Justin Hall, Carson Soucy, uh, Nick Holden for the Ottawa Senators. Like there, there really isn't a whole lot. Uh, out there where you're like, oh yeah, well in the you know at the trade deadline they can go and grab so and so to uh, to kind of fill that gap. Well, no, there's, I mean, there might be somebody that comes available with more than a year left on their contract, but as far as UFA defenseman goes into this next year, there there just aren't many at all <laughs> that uh, that you're looking at going. Yeah, I'd love to have him on my roster. I mean. And also that a team's going to trade, you know, like, yeah, of course there's, there are a couple that are on good team. Like Eric Johnson isn't going to get traded. Not that he's a, a bomber defenseman, but could maybe fit into someone's top four if they were desperate, I guess. But anyways, there just isn't a whole lot out there that are UFA. So 
they're it's not as if they're just going to easily go out and grab someone for a, a third or second round pick who can come in and slide in nicely for them. So I, I'd say that is a big worry because there's not much out there anyways. And now you're kind of stuck with the group you're stuck with. Oh, by the way, most of your group is a UFA at the end of the year too. Right. And that's the thing, right? John Carlson's really the only uh, defenseman. Like, yeah, I, I think they might resign one or two of these guys like Nick Jensen, I think could get another contract and, you know, maybe, you know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk on the cheap, but for the most part, yeah, these guys are, you know, going to go elsewhere and, you know, um, they're going to have to re reload. And so when you look at next year's free agency class too, I mean, really, there's not a ton as far as top tier defensemen are concerned either. Nope. So that's, no, that's, that's even more concerning, right? You've got yeah. Klingberg and, and Mackenzie Weger, but um, you know, who knows where those guys might be after this season or, you know, middle of the season, if they resign with somebody or, you know, who knows? Yeah. And it's not as if, it's not as if Washington can just go out and, uh, and sign John Klingberg all that easily because, Hey, you also are going to have a lot of players coming up off, you know, you only have what, uh, six forwards and one defenseman signed into next year. Oh well, I, I I'm sorry. I'm I'm not looking at uh, Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom, but uh, but still, we don't even know if Nicholas Backstrom. I mean, potentially is he going to play again? I and I, I know that's not necessarily been out there, but like, man, when you're injured for this long and you're almost 35 years old, those questions are going to start coming. Like, is this guy actually just going to be done? Uh, or, or is he going to come back a shell of himself and then everyone's going to wish that he was done? I don't know. Um, okay, any uh, let's let's talk ceiling basement for this team. Uh, where what do you think the Capitals? Let's start with their floor. Where what's their floor? Yeah, I'd say for the floor, you know, they're they're a bubble team that just misses the playoff in my mind. They're going to be competitive, but you know, they're just going to be on the outside looking in as some of these other teams, as we'll discuss in the Metro, are, are improving. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's going to be a it's going to be tough. This division is not getting easier than that, and really, that goes for every division, right? Like, no no division, you're not looking at it going, oh, that division got a lot worse this off season. No, <laughs> right. uh, every a lot of those divisions, especially as far as the balance of power is uh, either evened out or or yeah, really taken over. So. Uh, Okay, so you you think that their floor is yeah bubble team, m- maybe makes the playoffs, maybe misses it. Uh, what's what's their ceiling to you? I would say get past the first round. Maybe they they get the right matchup and you know are able to get some really good goaltending out of Darcy Kemper to steal a game or two, and and they just barely squeak by to the second round, and then they're out like okay, you know, yeah, yeah, they're so they're, yeah, they're a one a one round team uh, now. See, I. I will kind of take it a take it a step further. I'm going to say that like my ceiling for them is like yeah, they'll be they'll be a uh, you know, maybe th- a 3 3 seed in their division. That's my ceiling. Okay. And and I don't see them winning a playoff round no matter who they play. I don't like them against I mean, I'm looking up and down this division. I don't like them against Carolina. I don't like them against New York. Either New York's, <laughs> if if the <laughs> Islanders make a resurgence, I I don't like I I don't like them against that. I don't like them against Pittsburgh, uh, and I mean th- there's some other teams in that division. Of course, I don't foresee uh, Philadelphia or New Jersey grabbing that two spot yet. But uh, I just don't see Washington beating anyone in this division in the first round. So uh, make me eat my words. Capitals, make me eat my words. We can replay this in April of next year if the Capitals Can't wait. if the Capitals win. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> uh, uh, my my basement or my, I guess my floor, uh, my floor for this team would be you know they're they're missing the playoffs and they sell pieces at the deadline. Uh, they sell Connor Brown. They sell Lars Eller, Connor Sheary. They trade Orlov, uh, and they kind of see the writing on the wall, and they start to to move out a couple players to try and retool as quickly as possible 
going into the next season to see if they can just put something together to get Ovechkin winning. So uh, that would be my floor for them. Okay. All right. Uh, where do we want to go next? Well, I'll, I'll defer to you. I picked the first team, so I'll let you right, choose right. the second that's, one. That's fair. Well, you know, I kind of mentioned them uh, a little bit just a second ago. I, I want to talk New Jersey Devils. To me, they might be the most fascinating team in this division because they're, you know, they're the up and comers, right? Like they're that's always the fun team. That team with the superstar on it that hasn't broken through yet. Uh, they've got a lot of really nice pieces. And uh, you're just kind of waiting to see if it'll kind of all all fit together this year with uh, new goaltending. You know, speaking of Washington Capitals goaltenders, Vitek Vanacek coming in for the, the Devils. Um, what did you like about what the Devils did this offseason? Uh, there's there's a lot to talk about, but just, just throw out different things that you liked and, and we'll fill in the rest of the holes uh, that we kind of don't get to as we're talking. Yeah, I, um, I I really like that they didn't go out and go ham, go buck wild and try to make a ton of moves, right? Because that's where teams can can really step on their own development, right? Because, listen, I mean, they've <laughs> I thought got... you were going to say, that's where teams step on their own dick. <laughs> <laughs> and the image of that is just so oh. wonderful that I think I'm going to start saying that. Yeah, don't step on your own dick. Don't step on your own dick. Okay. <laughs> is, I mean, truly, that is a great word picture for what some teams do in the offseason. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I trip. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get that one out of my mind for, for the entire evening, but yeah. <laughs> moving yeah. on, right? So, Liz, I, so you're like, you, could you got, I trip on my own dick? No. Could we? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. New Jersey I mean, Devils. Yeah. So listen, you go out, right? And, and first you hit, you have a great draft, right? You, you draft one of the, I mean, listen, we, we were all a little shocked uh, that they passed on Shane Wright and they went um, Simone Nemec and, and brought in probably the most, I mean, maybe the most talented or NHL ready defenseman in the draft. Uh, a guy who could be a cornerstone on that left side next to Dougie Hamilton for, for years to come. So, but when free agency started, right, you, you looked at New Jersey, a team that maybe was touted as a potential team that, you know, is, is up and coming and potentially could, you know, make a big splash in, in free agency. Right. But they, they really don't. I mean, yes, Andre Palat was a great signing. I loved it because you, you get a veteran guy who has the Stanley cups. He's, he's Mr. Steady. He, you know what you're going to get out of him day in and day out. But really, you don't go overcommit and you don't overspend on a ton of free agents. Um, you know, because, again, you've got Jack Hughes, you've got Nico Heischer, you've got Jesper Brat, you've got all these guys that are developing and you don't want to really hinder that too much by going out and wasting a ton of money, right? I mean, you can look back at, at teams that, you know, I mean, what was it? I think it was 2017 or what year that was where you saw Milan Lucic get signed and all oh, these God. free agents just to these terrible contracts. Right, and that would be the fear for me as a as a Devils fan. Is you go out and you wasted a bunch of money. Now, I will say the one thing: I I understand that they want to go out and sign a goaltender. Right, you've got Jonathan Bernier. I don't know where his health is, but he's only got one year left. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood, he's a guy that you envision being your starter, but hasn't really developed the way you'd hope. So, um, you know, they made the mistake, in my opinion, of going out and maybe overpaying for Vitek Vanacek, um, you know, in a trade, but. You know, again, you, you had to do something, and you weren't going to sign Darcy Kemper or Jack Campbell. It just wasn't in the cards as far as money is concerned. And, right. um, you and, know, hey, and I, for where your team is at, it would really right. probably be a waste. I mean, they're 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 going to be maybe they're. I'm sure what the team is hoping for is to be knocking on the door of the playoffs and slip in and you know make the playoffs. Of course, every team wants to make the playoffs, right? Uh, but realistically, you look at this team. And and you have to at least say we're definitely not ready to contend for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I like, for example, the trade they made with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They ship out Ty Smith, a guy who hasn't developed similar to Mackenzie Blackwood uh, the way they had hoped. But you get a guy in John Marino, who, in my opinion, is a, is a solid second line guy, and he's still twenty five. So you get him young enough to where you're still developing as a team and still growing, and you you got him signed for five years now to where 
you know, about the time in two or three years where you think you can be ready to be a cup contender, he's in his prime. You know, he's 27, 28 years old, right where defensemen need to be as far as age, when usually they're hitting their stride and, and really like they've, they've developed properly, right? They've, you know, they've got that, that good ripeness to them where they're just, um, just perfect. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So to me, you know, I, I, I'm glad that they didn't go out and go ham in free agency and really just try to reload super quick, right? I mean, you still got Thomas Tatar there. You know, you've got these guys that are going to be free agents, Miles Woods. Who knows if you're going to, you know, bring them back at all? Uh, same with Eric Kala. You free yourself from, you know, Pavel Zaka, and you bring in a, an experienced number two center who, uh, you know, potentially can fit in better at, at the number three slot, which I'm sure they're presumably going to put him at. Uh, where he's best suited. But again, you're not tied down long term to him either. So if it doesn't work out, you can cut and run basically at that point. So um, to me that the fact that they didn't go out and go crazy signing too many players and yet took care of their own was where I thought, you know, they, they impressed the most this offseason. Yeah. I mean, uh, also side note for the team that supposedly didn't go out and do anything crazy. They did sign Andre Palat to a $30 million deal. Uh, over five years, so definitely, it's not as if they were inactive. Um, that that deal has pros and cons. Um, we can dis- we we have discussed that deal uh, at length at one point. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to free agent acquisition stuff, you can go back and listen to our, that discussion. But uh, just yeah, short but short I- version is Palat. Of course, he's a good player. Will you like that deal in twenty seven, like two thousand twenty seven? Maybe not, but who cares? It's uh, you're you're doing it because you need someone. In my mind, this is this is why they did it. Uh, they needed someone to come alongside Nico Heischer and teach him how to be the true defensive forward that he could be. That's it, and, or a big selling point of it. I mean, Heischer is a is a good defensive centerman, good good defensive forward, but Palat just has that. He's got that ability to play with fantastic players and also be responsible, and uh, I think that that that's a big reason why they would bring him in. And I mean that, and yeah, he he played with some incredible players and made them better. So he'll also play with Jack Hughes, and he can make Jack Hughes better. I mean, it's uh, there's there's a no no brainers in in a lot of ways uh, to that deal for the Devils. Um, I also really like kind of an underrated, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but Eric Halla signing with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, 2.2, or what, 2.25, uh, 2.5 million, right? So, uh, Well, Eric, let me just, Eric Halla was actually a trade with Boston. So it was they, a trade, yeah, sorry. It yeah, was a trade. They swapped yes. him with, with Pavel Zaka, which again, yes. yeah, I, still, it's, it's a key acquisition because Sorry, again you the bring acquisition in a, yes the acquisition of of Eric Hala. I, I mean I have always liked Eric Hala. Uh always thought that he like he brings something unique to the table he can he can put up points for you he can play up and down the lineup and you just, you, you gotta like those guys yeah and I mean he can play center and he can play wing so if you want to slot him in at your third line center position right and maybe put uh you know Dawson Mercer back on the wing you have that option, right? But then at the same time, you can move Hala up, put Mercer back at center, and you can put Hala with a guy like Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer because he's responsible defensively too. So you have that flexibility. And not only that, but just that veteran presence that I think really their forward group was lacking. Uh, and that's, again, one of the reasons why I really like the Andre Palat signing as well. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, you know, New Jersey's so fun because they, they've, they've got guys coming too. I mean, they have... Uh, Alexander Holtz, who had you know, what twenty six goals in fifty two games for Utica last year, uh, he is likely going to make this team coming out of the, coming out of camp, and so there's another pure goal scorer to add to this lineup. Uh, I mean, you've got Dawson Mercer, who already looked really good last year. Uh, then uh, what's his Arseny Gritzik. Uh, 21 years old. He's coming off of a really nice season in the KHL, you know, a, a 28 point season in the KHL. Uh, there's, I mean, if he could, if he's going to come over, uh, you've got legitimate prospects that are just knocking on the door, whether it's this year or next year, the devils are loaded. I mean, they are going to, they're not done as far as building their team through the draft. Uh, they have a whole lot of guys coming. And so, 
yes, some of these guys are, you know, a Tatar, Haula. These guys will fill in the gaps for now. Uh, but I think that there's even better players coming. And uh, and that's got to be scary for the te- other teams in the Metro Division because the Devils are definitely not going to get worse. <laughs> They're only going right. to get better here. Yeah, and don't forget, too, one name you, you forgot to mention there that I'm I'm really thrilled to see because I'm hoping for a Henrik and Daniel Sedin-like connection, even though he plays defense, and that's Luke Hughes. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, yeah. Jack Hughes' brother. So, yes. I mean, he's got a lot of offensive upside and, and still plays a really good two-way game. Yeah, the fact that they've got Luke Hughes and Simon Nemec coming, uh, both potentially could make the team this year, too. I mean, this team has a lot of those, uh, yeah, you know, like any young team with, with uh, that's drafted well, there's going to be a lot of competition at camp, and that is so great for for this team, for their fans. Like, it also means that there's a little bit more reason to watch those American Hockey League games and follow those those players down there because invariably there will be injuries, and you're going to get opportunities. So uh, it'll be fun to see. I th- like, am I wrong in thinking that the Devils are the most intriguing team in this division? Like, do I want to watch? any team more than the devils just for the sake of like, I want to see what they can actually do. <laughs> yeah. I want to see I, what this I, team actually does. You know, Jack Hughes for me, right. He's just so intriguing yeah. to watch. So, um, yeah, he's, he's just one of those guys. I mean, not, he's not a, a Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews yet, but, uh, he's like, he's that guy that could potentially grow into that type of player. I had him in my, uh, my breakout players, I, I said he's going to have... Uh, oh, man, did I say 100 points or did I say 90? Doesn't matter. He still could do either one. <laughs> Hold on. I have it right here. I'm pulling it up because... I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I said if he's healthy this year, he could put up 100 points and 40 goals. Wow. So if he does that, it. man, are the Devils in a position to do some serious damage to the other teams in this division? Uh, if he comes out and plays like that, um, any other, any other player, any other signing um, or lack thereof that you are looking at moving into the season for the Devils? I, you know what? I'm more or less interested to see what they do with Mackenzie Blackwood over the course of the year. Right? Do they do they move him at some point and just cut that relationship, or do they uh, get him re-signed or figure something out in the off season? To me, that's a little bit more intriguing, but. That's not necessarily anything that's that probably will happen this season. So to me, that's going to be something I look forward to next off season. Yeah, uh, and as you know, as far as what as far as goalies are concerned, I don't know that there's a whole lot right now where you're looking and you're going, oh yeah, like there's there's going to be lots available. Uh, but goalies are definitely that one position where everything can change and someone can become available. Um, pretty quickly, depending on how a team performs. I, I think you you definitely are looking towards Varlamov if uh, if the Islanders struggle at all, or that you know, or that's just not working. I mean, he certainly would be a a great acquisition for any team. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's Cam Talbot in in Ottawa. If Ottawa's way out of the playoffs, you've got to think that Cam Talbot might have the opportunity to uh, to go. I mean, if everything goes to hell in Pittsburgh and Tristan Jari's a UFA, I don't know about that one, but... Uh, <laughs> Kudo, hey, I mean, listen, it, Kudo, if everything goes himself, to hell in Carolina, right, they've got two goaltenders that are free agents next Everything's not going so. to hell in Carolina. Well, not no. <laughs> a chance. Not a chance. They're too good. Uh, you know, Jake Allen's a UFA. Uh, does Montreal try and, get, try and recoup something for Jake Allen? Uh, there, there are quite a few, uh, James Reimer, you know, there's, there are quite a few UFA goaltenders, uh, who could come in and stabilize, uh, different teams, you know, depending on, on what you're looking for. Uh, Jonas Corposalo certainly will be a name that's tossed around as we move throughout this season. Uh, I, there's in, in terms of, uh, goaltenders versus defensemen, there's way more good goalies available, uh, as UFAs than there are defensemen. So I, I got to think that once we start moving into the season and goalie battles are won and lost and teams are trying to make changes and they need to lose that you know, more expensive backup or something, that 
this could work itself out and uh, there could be a goalie available and maybe New Jersey's in the mix for one of those. If, if the, if New Jersey's in the mix for the playoffs and they need a goalie, certainly they have the space and the ability to do so for a UFA. Okay. Well said. Um, let's, let's go ceiling, ceiling and floor. I love it. Well, for the floor for this team, I think really it's just, um, it's the bottom of the division probably I, I still feel like you know like like we talked about with with Washington a lot of these other teams are getting better and you know maybe this year you just don't have that next step for a guy like Jack Hughes or or some of these other players right and their goaltending is you know very questionable to me so maybe the goaltending really takes a, a shit and they you know trip on their own <laughs> dick and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah then they're they're winding up at the bottom of the division again um, but you know as far as the ceiling is concerned for this team. I think it's just making the playoffs, right? I think that's, that's what you're hoping for as a New Jersey fan, right? A little, little playoff experience uh, would be, you know, go miles for a guy like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. So, you know, maybe they, they squeak in, they, they make it into the playoffs and somehow, you know, finish in the top four in this division and, you know, just have a, a decent showing, I guess, in the first round before bowing out. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll start with my ceiling. Um, uh, my ceiling for this team is is of course battling for a playoff spot, and I, but I think that the way that it looks is that this team is a much better second half than than the first half uh, because I, potentially you've got a couple of really young defensemen coming in if they do move them into the lineup uh, that can there can be a learning curve there. They just have a young team overall. Um, and the goaltending situation might be a little dicey and uh, it might take a little while to figure out. So I think the second half of the season, they'll come roaring back. They'll be looser and they'll move their themselves into a potential playoff contention. Uh, still don't see this team making the playoffs, though. Uh, but I think they could get close. I think it's going to be much closer than... 184 points for the separation of uh, playoffs to non-playoffs in this division. So uh, a 16-point gap won't be any longer. I think you'll see just a a few points there. Uh, My floor, though, for this team would be that they absolutely are the last last place team in this division once again, uh, but that they look a little different. I, I think that maybe the way that they lose is... Uh, like they allowed by far the most goals in this division. I mean, 307 goals. Uh, I I think you see a team that kind of flips that. You know, they're they're score. They're going to be allowing fewer goals, um, but maybe because they're they're playing a little bit more responsible, they're they're just not able to to keep up with the goal pace as well. So I think that the Devils, yeah, their floor is definitely finishing last in the. In the division, I don't think though that they're in contention for last in the league. Um, I, I'd say that they're still like out of the top six or so teams uh, where they won't finish. They'll finish above that. So if if they do finish bottom of the division, it's because the rest of the division has kind of picked their way up, and uh, the bottom of some other divisions may be worse. Okay. No, I like that. All right, let's uh, let's do one more team. <laughs> it's because we, uh, you know, hey, we we've already spent forty five minutes on two teams, so that's fine. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have part three of uh, of the Metro, and that's okay. Uh, let's do a really good team in this division since we've done two uh, two kind of iffies. Uh, your call, Carolina or New York? Which one you want? Oh, I'll go the New York Rangers. Okay, the New York Rangers for the. The final round here, uh, boy, I'll give you my thoughts on on the New York Rangers, and then then give you the floor. Uh, Let's go. First off, starting out, bringing in Vincent Trocheck, I thought that the deal was a monster deal. I mean, he's only twenty nine years old, so it's not he's he's not that thirty two year old free agent signing to a, a long deal. I I didn't love the deal, but uh, it's it'll be manageable eventually, and. Uh, I think that he still has the potential to go out and score you 30 goals. And the fact that he is going to be playing, you know, 
maybe center, maybe wing. Uh, my my guess is they brought him in to play center. At least like they're probably hoping that he can. Uh, if he's playing center, and maybe you're you're getting him alongside Panarin. Or maybe you're bringing him in to be alongside Capocacco and Alex Lafreniere. I, you know, there's there's some options, and I think that he could raise those guys up and uh, put them into a a better situation, give them a veteran presence on that line. Um, that I mean, mainly from the forward group, that was really their big move was was signing Vincent Trocheck uh, because they lost uh, Ryan Strom. Uh, I mean. I'd say that it's some of it is kind of similar to to what we talked about with uh, not the Washington with the New Jersey Devils, just that they didn't go out and do too much here. You know, they didn't go ham. Uh, they went out, they filled the hole that they lost, and for the most part, I think they're looking at their team and they're going, "We don't really need to to make huge changes. We like we know what we are, we know who we have, and like." We're going to ride the Shesterkin train. And I I think, you know, they bring in Yaroslav Halak. My guess is that the intention is to have him play a little bit more than, uh, than Georgiev did last year. And, you know, I mean, I guess Shesterkin didn't play that much. He only played 53 games last year. It felt like he played more. Uh, but you'd think, you know, 53 games has got to be your target again. So, uh, you just don't want to end up with a tired Shesterkin. And I I was thinking back to Vasilevsky. Do you remember? It was probably, oh gosh, the year before they won the cup. Do you remember Vasilevsky being like, man, I was just freaking exhausted. Like oh, I played yeah. so many games and I like, I can't. I just like, I was not ready for it. Or like, I'm I'm dead tired. And And I don't think he had played, you know, maybe he played 60 games that year or something. Um, and the next year they intentionally played him fewer games, but he was also used to it. Like he had adjusted and and he figured out like what he needed to do to stay fresh despite playing a lot. And I wonder if that's comparable to Shesterkin that, Hey, Shesterkin was great. And, and not that he, he wasn't really much worse in the playoffs. Um, but generally you do see that save percentage go up in the playoffs just because there's generally less goals in the playoffs and teams are a little tighter and Shesterkin, uh, he, he kind of, he dropped back a little bit from his stats in the regular season. So, uh, I wonder if he, you know, will come back next year and be in a place where he's, he's figured out how to keep himself more rested after playing by far the most games of his career. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's well said, right? So starting with the goaltending, right? I look at this and, you know, obviously Shesterkin's numbers were still fantastic. And I, listen, his regular season numbers of a 935 save percentage, I did not expect that in the playoffs. I was hoping for it. But, I mean, what he was still able to do was, was still great, phenomenal. And it's, they torched it's clear. a lot of bad teams. <laughs> yeah, they did. They made, he I, made a lot of people feel really bad about themselves. <laughs> right. I mean, listen, it's clear he was going to see a lot of shots, and I was expecting this team. Uh, I honestly thought this team would not go as far as they did. I did it in fantasy. I did put them as, you know, a team that went to the conference final just out of like, oh, yeah, you know what, this would be nice to see because I really, I like Shesterkin and I want to see him go deep and, you know, et cetera. And I, I just was, you know, again, just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something would stick, right? But Sure, like um, you usually do. Right. <laughs> yes. But it wasn't like an educated guess, right? I didn't really have any reason for like, okay, cool. Yeah, they're going to play Carolina. Well, he was good. He was, he was on well, fire. Yeah. So it was, it was reasonable right. to think that he could shut down a couple teams. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, but but again, this season, you know what? I, I'm probably with you. I still think he plays between 50 and 55 games because they went out and they signed two veteran backups. They have Halak, who's probably going to be their number two to enter the year. And then they signed Louis Domingue for two years, who's going to be a great number three. And I, I think they're going to use a three-headed monster. And what I mean by that is they're probably going to, you know, Halak is probably going to see some injuries, um, you know, as old as he is and the way he plays the game. And I think, you know, towards the end of the year, I think when they cement themselves in that number one or two spot, I think in this division, they're going to start giving him nights off. And I think you're going to see a lot of nights where, you know, Halak and Louis Domingue are the one and two going into maybe a game against, 
you know, maybe a lesser team that, you know, maybe they feel they can probably beat with either one of those goaltenders uh, just to give him some rest. So I think yeah. you're probably going to see Deming play, you know, 10 games here. Halak's probably going to play about 20 games here. So, you know, that's going to eat up 30 games right there, you know, same as Gorgiev. But I think the hope is between the, those two guys playing backup that they're going to get better numbers than they did with Gorgiev, who only, I think it was like a 908 or something subpar uh, as far yeah, as numbers are concerned, play, he for didn't backup. have nearly as as effective an, a, of a season as he did two years ago. Right, absolutely, and I think that's why they were willing to move on from him at this point. And I mean, not only that too, but he did request to get out of there because he wants to be a starter somewhere. Sure, sure. Um, and now he's going to go win the Stanley Cup. Right, <laughs> default, <Yeah>. default Stanley Cup. <laughs> right, exactly. And and look, the, the, this defense in front of uh, you know this goaltending is young. Right. I mean, really, Jacob Truba is your veteran guy at 28. And, you know, he embodies what it means to be, you know, what this New York Rangers identity is, I think, is, you know, they're still big and they want to play with a lot of force and grit, but still bring some skill. And I think Jacob Truba really, um, you know, embodies a lot of that. Yes, he's he doesn't bring a lot of that offensive skill that he he had in Winnipeg, but I still think he's a very serviceable defenseman, a, a great top four guy. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good choice for for the for the captaincy. Um now, you know, again, Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, you, you know, Keandre Miller, you know what you're getting out of these guys, and I think they're only getting better. Yeah. Um, so when you have a younger guy like Braden Schneider coming up, who I think, you know, can only improve from last year, I think that that's just going to be uh, very valuable to this team. Now, I will say the one thing I wish this team had addressed in the offseason was bringing in a veteran guy to play on that third pairing. And you know what? There's still time for that, right? They still could go out and sign a guy like P.K. Subban or bring somebody in on that third pairing if it doesn't really look like it's working out too well or maybe they need a little veteran presence in that 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 third pairing. Yes, yeah. Uh, you know, the Rangers, the thing that scares me about the Rangers, or scares me for the Rangers, is that uh, next year you've got to re-sign Philip Heedle, Alex Lafreniere, and uh, Julian Gauthier, and Keandre Miller, and you don't have a backup goalie, like <laughs> they're gonna. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. I mean, it, they they'll have a little space coming in the next year, but those guys are all gonna get raises, and uh, there's not a whole lot of big contracts coming off the books. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what they who they determine. This is what I want. Like the thing that interests me the most, maybe about the Rangers, is who do they ultimately decide to invest in long term? Right, like. They signed Kako to this two-year bridge deal because they're still curious to see if he can you know, be that goal scorer that everybody is, uh, at least was touting him to be when he came out of uh, out of junior, well, I guess, uh, what, the Liga. Uh, but he has really struggled to score goals in the NHL. Uh, so you're still trying to figure out ultimately what he is. Doesn't seem like he's going to be a guy who scores 30 goals. You know, now at this point, you're hoping could he score 20? Could he be a 20 goal guy? Like, and then Alex Lafreniere, you're trying to figure or Lafreniere, you're trying to figure out if what he's going to be. I mean, he, he did have a better year. He almost had 20 goals, 31 points. He had a pretty good playoff with his nine points in 20 games. Uh, you really got to figure that out because it, you know, you don't want to end up. You, you taking up these spaces with guys who are who are a whole bunch of projects uh, when you can you know utilize that for someone else. So it'll be interesting to see what they ultimately decide and who they decide on is going to be the players that they're going to build around. I mean, I, I know they're building around Panarin and Zabinajet and Kreider, but boy, three years ago we sure thought that they would be building around Kako and Lafreniere and like these younger players and suddenly it's uh and i i'm i'm only throwing out forwards of course they're building around adam fox as well but yeah i mean right this forward group just took a, a whole nother step and proved that hey we're not we're not going full you know scorched earth mode like chicago blackhawks we're ready to to do it now and they stepped up so what i will say though is you know you mentioned capo caco lafreniere and, and philip Heedle. these guys were effectively this kid line was effectively the most consistent line i think day in and day out uh, for this Ranger playoffs, team in the playoff. Yeah. Now, again, they didn't produce at the rate that maybe some of these other Zabinajads and Criders did, but um, they gave you consistent hockey, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I think, 
you know, Gerard Gallant is probably going to start off with that kid line solidified on that, that third line to start the season. But with no Andrew Kopp returning, uh, with no, um, you know, Tyler Mott or no, um, gosh, who was playing on the wing with, with Kreider. Why can't I think of his name right now off the top of my head? Um, uh, Frank Vetrano. Thank you. That's, that's the name. Uh, with, with, with either one of these guys not returning or getting re-signed, there's going to be significant holes on the right side for both these top six lines. And so, you know, are you going to see like, you know, Barclay Goudreau start off there or, you know, at some point is, you know, Alex Lafreniere going to switch back over to the right side again and see if he can't really figure it out because there's opportunity for him, especially in a contract year to say, Hey, I'm worth investing in at this point and, you know, investing significant dollars. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, uh, yes, he's going to get a raise, but you know, is it going to be more than two or 3 million bucks on a, a short term deal? Probably not. If, unless he really starts to produce this year, like I think everybody expects him to. Um, and you look at the contract that a guy like Tage Thompson just had a guy who never really had more yeah. than, you know, 17, 18 points and goes Eight out goals. and has a monster, <laughs> yeah, has a monster season. And now all of a sudden he's getting a hundred million dollar contract from Buffalo, uh, Jeff Skinner. But, um, you know, again, this is that opportunity for Lafreniere to say, Hey, you know what? I, I, I'm here for you guys. I can, I can do this. I can produce and I can be that long-term investment that I think you thought I was going to be when you drafted me number one overall. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just to, uh, be clear, Tage Thompson signs a an eight year deal at seven point one four two eight five seven million dollars, <laughs> uh, which ultimately is about fifty million dollars for uh, or fifty six million. Sorry, over the course of that year, so um, not quite a hundred million, but well, sure, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you you get it right. I mean, and, and it was a he, se- I'm sorry, it was a seven year deal, not a not an eight year deal. So right. it was exactly 50, it was actually, it's, yes, it's exactly $50 million is how much he signed for. Crazy, crazy amount of money for a guy that like that. But um, again, but now you can see, you know, how much a lot of these teams are valuing their young talent and want to keep them around. And, um, you know, we'll see if, you know, again, if the Rangers or Alex Lafreniere gives the Rangers a reason to sign him to a contract like that. Right, right. Yeah, and you like you just keep waiting for one of these guys to to have that season, that breakout year. Uh, it just ha- it hasn't happened yet, but it does. It really it, it's only been two years. Right? Well, three three for has it been three for Cackle already? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, look when when Chris Kreider signed his his contract, you know, a couple seasons ago, I, I figured okay, they, they overpaid for this guy. I think they're just desperate, kind of hanging on, and and now all of a sudden it's it's making everybody look stupid how how good of a signing it was scoring. <laughs> 50 plus 52? goals. I mean, <laughs> 52 the most goals. in Ranger history. I mean, and it's crazy. and it's not as if he slowed down in the playoffs. Ten goals in twenty playoff games, just fantastic. Right, he was great. So yeah, I mean, you, you got to think, uh, Chris. Cry- I mean, scoring was absolutely up, but even adjusted for previous years, it's still a forty-five plus goal season. Like it's he he had a great year. I I wonder if he can do it again. He was so hot early on in the season. Uh, he was still really good late, but he had such well, I, a good I start. Don't, I don't see a problem with it at all because, really, if you look at a majority of the goals he got, he got them on the power play sitting in front of that net. Right. He's just right. so quick at getting those rebounds, and I think because of his size and strength, it, it, it's going to be hard to slow him down because he doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to score a lot of goals based on his speed and, you know, uh, you know, flexibility and, and, and mobility. He could just sit there in front of the net and, and capitalize because the rest of that Ranger power play unit is so good. They can get him the puck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one great thing for the Rangers after this season, they, uh, they will no longer be paying $3.4 million to Kevin Shattenkirk, Dan Girardi and Anthony D'Angelo. <laughs> believe Dan Girardi they're still paying there's Dan an Girardi <laughs> oh my goodness that is funny yeah Dan Girardi uh his I guess his last deal was signed in uh 2017 18 and they they bought him out for that whole thing <laughs> goodness well because they yeah because the Tampa Bay Lightning uh signed him and then he was traded so or, yeah, sorry. He was, yeah. Anyways, he was yeah, bought yeah. out and then he signed with the Lightning. That's what I meant. Uh, but yeah, Dan Girardi still paying him. Um, that's those. Uh, I think what the Leafs are finally not play, paying Phil Kessel anything. 
<laughs> and speaking of Phil Kessel, what do we think about Kessel signing with the Vegas Golden Knights before we sign off? Yeah, and don't forget we got to do our ceilings and and. Ah, uh, yes. Well, let's do Rangers. that first. I'm sorry. Okay. okay Let, let's please. do that first. Uh, I don't mean to to jump ahead. The New York Rangers. G- give me your your ceiling and floor for them. Okay, I'll start off with the floor. I think the floor for this team is just making the playoffs and losing in the first round. I think there's there's no doubt in my mind they're going to be a playoff team, um, but it all depends on again the matchup in that first round, right? So they could uh, match up against a team that they just don't. You know, again they could come back and have to play Pittsburgh again. And Pittsburgh came pretty close to knocking them out last year. So, um, yeah, you know, if Crosby no hadn't that, gotten hurt, I don't think that the Rangers move on. Right. So maybe that happens this year, right? A healthy Crosby and Malkin. And, uh, you know, it's, it's first round and out for the Rangers. Now, ceiling for this team, I think Stanley Cup. Uh, they've got the goaltending to do it. They've got a great defense, uh, a great forward group. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind this team has Stanley Cup ambitions. And I think they've got enough talent to do it. Right. And especially if, you know, some other teams and in this Atlantic division, maybe slow down a little bit. Right. Maybe Florida's not as dominant in the regular season. And maybe they, they play like they did in that second round against the Lightning or maybe the Lightning just tire themselves out at this point and just really can't go the distance anymore. Uh, could pave the way for a Rangers team to to win the Stanley Cup. OK, uh, I'm I'll, I'll start with my basement. Uh, my basement is that I, I think this is a second round team. Now, this is my basement, like, or my, my floor. It's almost like you have to, your basement is like, well, if this season goes to absolute garbage, then, you know, but the floor, my, my reasonable floor, I think this is a second round team. I think that they can beat any team in this division. If they finish, uh, two or three, I think they could beat any of them. And, uh, of course, you know, of course it doesn't always happen, but, uh, I, I really, I'm, I'm willing to say that this is a, this is a team that's going to win at least one round. Uh, and with that goaltending, you know, why not? Uh, and then their ceiling for me, I, I agree. It's, it's a Stanley cup all the way. I mean, the avalanche just won a Stanley cup with Darcy freaking Kemper. (laughs) (laughs) I I think like a lot of people are like, yeah, see how, see how good Kemper is. I'm like, no, see how good the avalanche are. They, they just won the cup with Darcy Kemper. Uh, so I, I think that the, uh, the New York Rangers absolutely have a chance because I only see this this group getting better and more comfortable with each other. And after going on a really good run last year, that it's it's fresh. They know what they need to do to get to the next step. Uh, Barkley Goodrow's removed from like shortly removed from winning two cups. They've got these guys who have won, and uh, Vince Trocheck I think is going to come in hungry. And uh, and and have a big impact. I like him a little more than Ryan Strom, and I I think at least one of these kids, Lafreniere or Kako, is going to take a big step this year, and that'll really go far for the Rangers if they can keep that up in the playoffs. So, uh, I think that they're absolutely a Stanley Cup contender. Agree. Yeah, I love it. All right, uh, Kessel to the Golden Knights. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, Golden Knights made a couple big moves. They just made that trade for Aiden Hill and signed Phil Kessel. So I think, listen, you, you gave up Max Pacioretty for, for free um, to Carolina. Yeah. That and hurts. So you, that hurts. Yeah. It, it hurts. Right. And you're, you're trying to supplement and bring in some goal scoring ability. Now, again, I don't see Phil Kessel as that, you know, former 30 goal scorer. He was, he's still um, a, at least a 50 point guy in my mind, right? With a garbage so team, still, he had 52 points. I, yeah. I mean, he even came out and said it, that he was, he's like, I mean, it was not fun playing there. Like nobody wanted to like, you know, people didn't really want to win. They didn't care. They knew we were bad kind of vibe. Yeah. He comes in rejuvenated. I mean, listen, he still can skate. He can still pass the puck. He still has hands. So there's all the tools there you need to be successful. Now, the great thing is, is he could line up really nicely alongside Mark Stone and Jack Eichel, right? Jack Eichel came out and said, the other day that he's 100% healthy, he's ready to go. Yep. So if you put Phil Kessel maybe on the, the left wing or maybe m- move Mark Stone over to the left side, I mean, this could be very dynamic, right? You could get a guy who can really dish Mark Stone and Jack Eichel to puck, who I think are two very dynamic goal scorers. So that could that could pay out really well for a guy like Phil Kessel who's looking to cash in on his next contract uh, one, last, one last time. And then not only that, but it gives you flexibility with a guy like Chandler Stevenson who may be – you say, okay, cool, we'd like to start you off at third-line center so we have depth at the forward group and center position, but there's that, still that flexibility where if, you know, maybe Phil Kessel's just not really gelling with these guys, 
you can move him down on that third line, give him some good power play minutes, and sure. move Stevenson back up. I for Phil Kessel, I, I man, I really when I saw he signed there, it was like, man, this is this has like an this is like an fu signing all the way. Like <laughs> screw you, all you other teams who wouldn't take it, who wouldn't give me a a contract. I'm going to sign. I'm going to go out. I'm going to have a, an amazing year. Uh, I think that Phil Kessel is more than a point per game this next season. Really? That is that I, I think that this is uh, this. I mean, it's only going to be this year. <laughs> he's not going to do it again <laughs> next year. Um, but I, I really do. I think that he's going to go out. He's going to probably score 25 to 30 goals. And you're, you're going to see a guy who's going to put up monster assists monster assist as I, I mean if he gets dropped down to the third line then you know what can you do uh you're not going to put up those kind of points but if he's playing up in that first line uh he's going to put up huge points because he is he is such an underrated assist man a setup guy that i i think you'll see someone who uh absolutely blows everyone out that he he might be the steal of like fantasy draft kind of thing uh because i think he's going to have a great year yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I could easily see 20 goals and 50 assists, no problem for this guy. And it's hard to believe that he's played 1,200 games in the NHL. I mean, he's going to hit that Ironman streak. I think what he... He's going to get 1,000 points this year and 400 goals as soon as he scores a goal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he might... I, what did I read somewhere the other day that he's going to tie the Ironman streak when he plays yep. Arizona? And, yep. uh, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. So, uh, very serendipitous season for him. I think this is going to be fantastic. I love it. All right. Uh, well, we'll uh, you know we'll continue to get to news as we go, and uh, we'll we'll keep going with the metro uh, on our next episode. So look for that, and uh, we'll just we'll just keep chugging through divisions. So uh, we'll do as best we can to keep these easily accessible, um, even if you're a couple weeks behind. Uh, we're just going to be breaking down teams, so just jump in and listen to um, as you can. Subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Justin, have a great rest of your night. And to our listeners, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys soon.